Welcome to Living Brightly. I'm your host, Paige Schmidt. This podcast is dedicated to women who aspire to co-create a bright and purposeful life with God. Here, we'll have conversations and share stories about what it means to live brightly as women who are unconditionally loved by God. So let's dive right in and embark on this transformative journey together. Hello and happy new year. Happy 2024. How are you feeling so far this year? Did you choose a word for the year? I would love to hear what your word of the year is. So if you're over on Instagram, come send me a direct message and share your word of the year with me. If you listen to the last episode, number 117, we talked a little bit about word of the year and a little bit of encouragement on how to choose one. And I shared that my word this year is contentment. And I'm so excited to look back at the end of the year and see how that word was expressed in a year through all of the ups and downs. It is so good to be here with you today. I just got home from a walk. I did a little bit of walking and a little bit of running. I should say a lot of walking and a little bit of running because it's cold outside and I find that when it's colder, I am more likely to run because I'm trying to get the dog out and get the the energy going in a more fast and efficient way because our bodies are cold. Plus it just warms me up to run. And while I was walking and running, I noticed myself just literally saying and even singing in a quiet voice. I wasn't running around the neighborhood and shouting at the top of my lungs or anything, but even singing, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I just kept going over and over and over. And I didn't want to stop saying it because I feel so grateful for so many things. And I know I've been talking about that a lot lately in the last, like, gosh, I don't even know how many episodes, but that is how I feel in this season of life. And it got me to thinking about rewiring our brains. I remember maybe a year ago, my dad passed in September, 2022 and Really shortly after that, I started seeing a counselor again because I knew I wanted a safe space to process through that grief. So while we definitely talked about grief and my counselor held space for me to talk through the grief, we also talked a lot about other things that were going on just in daily life. And for a season, one of those things was overthinking what I wanted to do with my business. Now, this is before I rebranded to Live Brightly, and this was before I fully announced that I was bringing God into the center of my business, meaning I was going to be talking about God in group coaching calls. I was going to be bringing scripture to calls. We literally have calls now where we hop on Zoom. We all have cups of coffee and just imagine that it's like sitting around a circular dinner table with candles lit and Bibles open and cups of coffee and a cozy room and we're connecting and talking and we're together. This is how I imagine it in my mind. Um, even though we're on Zoom, I imagine us being together around a circular table with our coffees in hand in person. Maybe we'll get to do that one day. And But I hadn't done it yet. I was overthinking every day I would wake up in the morning and start thinking about my business. And did I want to invite God in? Should I not invite God in? I didn't want to leave anyone out. I didn't want to make anyone uncomfortable. And I would just go over and over and over. And it was 
as if it felt like my brain was working really hard to get to an answer. But the truth is, all I was doing was overthinking and overthinking and overthinking. And if you've ever been in a season of overthinking something, or you're in a season of overthinking something right now, you're not just making a decision, sticking to it and going forward, but you're constantly going over and over and over and over in your mind about what you should do, if it's a good idea, if you're going to like it, maybe you're, you're planning, you're mapping things out and then you're scratching it all and planning it and mapping it out again. I know firsthand how exhausting that feels. And so I'm sharing this with you because there was a day in my counseling session where I went in and I asked my counselor, I said, I want to spend the whole session talking about how do I stop overthinking? How do I change a habit that my brain is in to literally wake up and without any information coming in, like I haven't even picked up my phone, my brain is immediately going to work on thinking about this one topic. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to wake up and I want to think about my coffee and the day. And then I'm excited to see my daughter when she wakes up. And I want to think about my life right here, right now, right in front of me. But my brain is so worried about like, what are we going to do with this decision that it spends like so much time, I can't even tell you from morning until night for a season on what should happen in my business. And the way she described it to me is that if you're at the top of a mountain and at the top of that mountain, there's a body of water and there's a dam for that body of water and you were to open the gates to that dam, the water is going to go down the valleys and the curves that are already there carved into the mountain. And that's like us waking up and our thoughts going down those same paths that are already carved out. And in order for us to think new thoughts, we have to close those old valleys. We have to close those old ditches, so to speak, and we have to create new ones. And so my goal after this session was whenever my brain started overthinking about business and what the exact decision was that I should make, I just told myself, we're not doing that. We're not carving that. And the purpose in that was the more I overthought, the easier it was and the more habitual it became to overthink that same thing again and again. It was like every single time I did that, I was digging the, digging the ditch, digging the valley deeper and deeper and getting my brain deeper and deeper into the habit of overthinking that thing. If you're in this space right now, I have so much compassion for you because I know how exhausting that felt and how much work it felt like my brain was doing. And it was from such a genuine place. I just wanted to know what direction I should go. And so I was overthinking it. So I started telling my brain, like, stop, we're not doing this anymore. And then I actually ended up physically in my business, literally stopping running the program that I was running aligned coaching at the time. And I told myself I was going to take three months off. And then if I wanted to come back to it, I could, but instead I ended up taking the three months off and I decided to completely rebrand into live brightly. And I've shared some of that story. That story is on my website and I came back full of excitement and passion and purpose to share Live Brightly with you all. And it's now the group coaching program that I run. It's more like a community versus a coaching program. It's a community where we come together and our goal is to 
each move toward God, to move closer to Jesus, to fall deeper in love with Jesus, to know his love more, and to go to scripture, to fill our minds with good things, fill our minds with truth, and ask God to renew us, renew our minds, renew our souls, renew our lives, refresh us, help us live in alignment with his will and his purposes for our lives, because that is where we find true joy and peace, contentment, fulfillment. And so again, as I was out on my walk and I started thinking about rewiring your brain and I literally started saying and singing out loud, like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I just kept going over and over and over and it just felt so good. It was almost like I was having an endorphin rush. I was so filled up by moving my body and by this gratitude that I just started saying it repeatedly. And I couldn't help but think, My brain used to be so stuck in this pattern of overthinking my business and what I should do and what I shouldn't do. And that felt so weighty and negative and and hard for a season because I just wanted to know the answer. And today my brain is free. It's empty to enjoy what's right in front of me. And I don't mean empty in a negative way. I still feel full of creativity. I feel full of gratitude. That's the natural way my brain is thinking these days is what I'm grateful for, what I'm enjoying, what is right here right now in front of me that I don't want to miss. And I'm just telling you the truth. That's where my brain goes. When I wake up in the morning, it's like freedom in my brain. I wake up and I pour a cup of coffee and I sit and I know I'm going to go and do my Bible recap app. I've been doing the Bible recap with Tara Lee Cobble since I think it was October of 2023 when she started the New Testament. And I'm so excited to continue it with her this year in January, starting the Old Testament. So last year I did the whole New Testament. This year I'm going to do the whole Old Testament and then the New Testament when that starts probably, I think it's like September or October. Um, But I'm in such a habit of doing it now, just waking up, pouring my coffee, reading the daily readings, then listening to her like nine to 10 minute recap of the day. And she teaches you about what you just read. And it's so helpful. I'm loving it. So I do that. And then I just kind of keep reading or I get up or I journal. There's not something specific I have to do, but I just feel free. Sometimes I start making sourdough. If Sayla wakes up, I go and get her and I snuggle her. There's just so much freedom in my brain these days. And it got me thinking about 2 Corinthians 10, 5, where it talks about taking your thoughts captive and that we are told to do this, to take our thoughts captive captive. So the verse says, and again, it's 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we want our thoughts to be obedient to Christ. We want our thoughts to be aligned with God's thoughts. There's another verse in Philippians 4, 8 that says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such 
things. Again, that's Philippians 4, 8. I've heard that called the Philippians frisk before to frisk your thoughts and make sure that they are true and noble and right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, and that we are told to think about such things, to fill our minds with those things. In Romans 12, 12, we are told to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I am just learning this year that the closer I move toward God, God never changes. God never changes. He is always the same. He is completely consistent. But the more I move toward him in my desire to know him more, to love him more, to understand him through reading scripture and through prayer and spending time with him and praising him, like being on a walk and just thanking him and talking to him, literally just growing in a personal relationship with him. The more I do that, the more fulfilled I feel as a result. And I'm not saying this in a way where it's like, oh, I'm just doing this so that I can live a happier life, although I totally do live a happier life for it. I'm doing it from a place of longing to know him. We're all longing for something. And I think deep down, whether we know it or not, that longing is for him to be reunited to him one day in heaven when we get to spend the rest of eternity with him for those of us who believe in his son, Jesus. And there's such a sense of fulfillment the more that I make him the center of my desire and the more that I make my greatest desire to know him and to move closer to him and to trust him, to genuinely trust him, to not just say that I trust him, but to live like I trust him. And when my fear and doubt start to creep in, just to take a stand and say, God, no. I'm, it might look like I have evidence saying that I shouldn't trust you right now or that I should be afraid. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to say, hey, look, look at this reason and this reason and this reason why you can't trust him, right? But God, I do trust you in this. And I don't know how you're going to come through. I don't know how you're going to protect me, whatever it is, but I do trust you. I trust you that you are going to fulfill your purposes ultimately in my life, in the life of those I love. And we just move closer to him. We make him the center of our worlds instead of making ourselves the center of our worlds. In 2 Timothy 3, the Bible talks about godlessness in the last days. So let me pull up my Bible here right next to me and read this to you because I read it a few nights ago and I just had to keep rereading it because listen to how this sounds. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, 
reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And then if we skip down to verse 7, it says that people are always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of truth. And this stuck out to me so much because last year, when I was in all that confusion about my business and overthinking, do I bring God in? Do I just keep doing the work of coaching without bringing God into the center of it? There's a story about like how to be a Christian shoemaker, and I don't know who to give credit for for this story, so forgive me, but I just remember hearing it, and it said something about like how to be a Christian shoemaker. And it just said, make really good shoes, like make the best possible shoes that you can. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make shoes with crosses on them. And I do believe that. And that was partially why I was in so much confusion. I thought to myself, should I just keep coaching because I'm a coach and this is the work that I believe God's called me to? And do I really need to put Jesus at the front of my business? And I don't believe that everybody needs to do that. So do I need to do that? And this was all the kind of overthinking that was going on. And ultimately, I just came to the realization that, yeah, coaching is noble and I don't have to bring God into coaching, but I personally am feeling called to bring him in. I am feeling like I've gotten to the end of my coaching career that is not God-centered. And I came to the point where it's like, this, this is just is what I want to do. This is my deepest desire is to be able to have God here. What was interesting is at the time all of this was happening, I was just finishing out a program, which maybe you remember me talking about, or maybe you were doing it with me where we were doing a series of workshops on joy, joy led living, how to have more joy in your finances, your schedule, your routines, your goals. And I loved it. I had so much fun doing that, but it It was at that time that I realized there's a missing piece here. I can't teach joy authentically without getting to talk about Jesus and that my true joy comes from Jesus. I mean, seriously, I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus until I was 18 and my life completely transformed at that time. If you knew me then and you knew me now, you would know that I am a different person. I love who I was before, and I know that God loved that version of me too. But the sense of fulfillment that I feel now compared to the literal whole that I felt before, even in my moments of happiness and having a good season of life, I always felt like there was a hole that needed to be filled. And I tried to fill it with many things, learning, experimenting, boyfriends, phases, (laughs) diets. I mean, you name it, chasing after something, thinking that it would give me a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction and never truly finding that. When I came to know Jesus and know him as my personal Lord and Savior and friend and have a personal relationship with him and get to know him and love him, I quite literally, instantly, (laughs) literally, the day that I encountered him in that way, felt a hole that I didn't know I had 
completely filled. I wasn't aware that I had a hole before. I was aware that I was trying to fill it, but I just thought that's what people do. They look for the things that fit them, right? They look for the things that they enjoy and they're trying to find their way and all the things. But I never would have told you that I had a specific hole in my heart until it was filled. And then I was consciously aware that there was literally a hole in my heart, in my soul, whatever you want to call it, that was waiting to be filled, that could only be filled by God. And in an instant, when I came to know him and I invited him to be the center of my life, even though that doesn't mean that I'm perfect whatsoever, not even a little bit, but I did invite him to be in the center of my life. And I said to him that I believe him. I believe him that he is who he says he is. That hole was so filled. It was in that moment that I realized that I even had a hole. All that to say, that's why I could no longer teach and do coaching without God at the center. I was finding that without God at the center, coaching can often lead for us to focus more on ourselves. And I don't believe that that leads to ultimate fulfillment. And sometimes it can feel like a never-ending learning and self-improvement and reading and growth, and it can feel so heavy without truth. There's a verse just a few lines down in 2 Timothy 3, verse 7. It says, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. So if you've ever felt like that, like you've been reading all these self-help books, doing every course, you've been listening to podcasts, you've just been putting so much focus on the development of yourself and trying to make yourself into what you think you should be. You maybe have felt this before. I know I certainly have. And I think that coaching sometimes without, even though coaching is good, I'm not harping on coaching. I believe in coaching. I am a coach, but I think without God at the center, it can risk us putting so much emphasis on ourselves that it takes us away from being able to just freely love and enjoy other people, from being able to just freely love and enjoy God and be open to whatever it is that he's calling us to and to be open to change, right? We can get so attached to our own vision or our own goals or the way we think it should be that we become inflexible to see what he has for us. So right now I am just experiencing a season of flexibility, of trusting him. I think our big move had a lot to do with that because it was such a quick, fast process, but of just hearing him say, go and grow is what both Marco and I felt God was saying to us, which I shared in the podcast around moving, just go and grow. And it was like, okay, that's all we need to know. That's enough for us to say yes. We're saying yes, we're going. We'll figure out the details. <laughs> if this is God's will, he's got it mapped out. He's going to have everything work. So go and grow. And we went and we're here and we are growing <laughs> and growing in our love for God and growing in our love for each other, growing in our relationship with one another, growing in our love for others, just growing, growing in our love and gratitude for life. Um, that's just what this season has been. It is feeling so, so good. So a couple more scriptures in 2 Timothy 3 and 4, and these totally 
informed the creation of Live Brightly, which there are several, like maybe a handful or two of scriptures that have informed and helped create Live Brightly, but these are a couple. One is that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. And so from that verse, it just shows me that opening up the Bible together, pouring a cup of coffee and coming together in community in our Zoom hangouts, which again, we're imagining that they're around a coffee table or a dining room table or a kitchen island. And that we're all leaning in, being together over scripture, moving closer toward God, away from self-centeredness, keeping our eyes on him, our gaze on him, that scripture is enough for us to open our Bibles and come together and move toward him. And the next one, 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4, this one was very enlightening, convicting in the most loving and gentle way, but very clear that uh, showed me, yes, I do want to invite God into coaching. So it says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Isn't that like, whoa, (laughs) the first time I read that with like my eyes opened, I, it just was so clear to me. Like we do this. At least I was, I don't want to say guilty of this because there's therefore now no condemnation in those who know Christ Jesus. But yes, without me condemning myself to use the word guilty, that's how it felt. Like It's so easy to just gather around us a whole bunch of teachers who say what we want to hear. Isn't that what we do when we Google? (laughs) We search what we want to hear. It's so easy to do that these days. But when we do that and we turn away from sound doctrine, we turn away from God, we lose that sense of fulfillment. I know that I've done that in different seasons of my life and it has always led to lack, to a sense of darkness, to be honest. I wanted to completely turn my eyes back to God. And I wanted to use scripture to grow and learn and be renewed. And I wanted to help other women do the same thing. So happy 2024. Today, I wanted to say happy new year. I wanted to ask you your word of the year. So again, if you have one, hop on over to Paige Schmidt. Uh, on Instagram and DM me your word of the year. And I wanted to talk about rewiring your brain, taking your thoughts captive, praying and asking God to help us to not be lovers of self, lovers of money, like 2 Timothy 3 says, to not desire pleasure and love pleasure more than we love God. Let's love God and ask him to place his desires in our heart. And then let's enjoy those things. Let's enjoy a with him life. Let's put him at the center of our universe and take ourselves out of the center of our universe. I know probably anyone listening would love 
to take yourself out of the center of your universe if you are relating to that statement right now. It is exhausting to have ourselves at the center of our universe. And I think that's because that's not how we were created. We were not created to make everything about us and to have everything be you know, just about us to place ourselves at the center of our universe. Instead, we want to love God, love others. We want to know that we are loved, that he delights in us. When you know that someone delights in you and loves you, it is so much easier to move closer to them and to feel safe with them and to want to be in relationship with them. And that's how God feels about you. He delights in you. And I delight in you. I love you. I'm grateful for you being here with me. And I'll catch you for the next episode in just a couple weeks. Have a beautiful start to the new year. Thanks for tuning in. If you desire support and community in your journey to living your bright life, come join us in Live Brightly, a transformative space that combines coaching and community, specifically designed for women who are ready to co-create a bright and purposeful life with God. Together, we'll explore the depths of his love and uncover the radiant potential within you. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to live a life that lights up the world around you. Join Live Brightly today at pageschmidt.com forward slash live brightly. We'll see you there.